I, I feel like if I do repair my guitar by myself, we should like Twitch stream it. Ooh. Just get like a top down camera Let's while go. I'm trying to solder. Jake destroys his 2004 Gibson Les Paul studio. Yeah, it'll be a great content. <laughs> when I just, just like drop solder all over the finish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's called battle scars. Um, Light uh, scarring. Yeah. So, I mean, What's it called? Relicking. Relicking, yeah, relic that's right. That. <clears throat> I mean, it's already like closing in on 20 years old. It's probably got enough relicking. Like, honestly, that's, like, the biggest perk of buying a relic guitar is, like, if you accidentally ding it, you just, it's, it just blends in. It's just extra relicking. It actually makes the price go up. Yep. Relic guitars are the textured walls of the music industry. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get the right microfarad. Isn't that the, the yeah. terminology? Yeah, you got to get the fancy capacitors that sound good, you know? can't just get the normal capacitors that aren't for guitars you got to get the the special ones the paper and oil can yeah they <laughs> and there's they cost thirty dollars and they sound just like the terrible ones that they grabbed out of a bucket in the 1950s when they were uh assembling les pauls back then but don't you know everything was better in the 50s right <laughs> you want your you want your state-of-the-art guitar to sound as much like it was made in the 1950s. Yeah. I'm sure it was better. I definitely went down the road of expensive vintage guitars. Oh, yeah. Like, it's funny, because, like, I, I don't know what's more believable, that there's, like, <laughs> some secret combination of the very minimal amount of electronic components on an electric guitar, but then also the, like, craftsmanship that it took to like actually like create you know a really you know functional piece of like wood <laughs> yeah like, right that that is like you know there are like really like small subtleties that potentially could make big differences um but or I, I feel like oh go ahead well i got to so i was going to compare that with or an amp that has like you know a proprietary secret formula of electronic components and somehow that makes it sound impossibly good you know i i'm more inclined to think that the craftsmanship <laughs> of you know building the perfect guitar like potentially actually has more credence but they're both you know you're both chasing and i think like more than the actual tone it's it's like a baseball card you know I don't I don't value a baseball card at $2000 because it's the perfect baseball card that looks so good. It's just due to the rarity of it, you know. Yeah. It's hard to find a 1960s Gibson Les Paul and if you're a collector that's something you like. Yeah. I don't know. I it collector markets don't actually make <laughs> any sense in any real, you know, utilitarian sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean Absolutely. There's no reason to play a $100,000 Les yeah, Paul. You should not touch it. If you buy that <laughs> guitar, do not touch it. Yeah. I mean, ironically, that's what's funny is like sometimes they're like, yeah, unfortunately, this guitar got refretted, which means it's actually playable now. But you just got to tick <laughs> off like 
$30,000 off the price now. <laughs> yeah. And that's R. that R. kind of stuff is just like, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty happy with my guitar setup now. I think you're itching for a new guitar. I mean, I'm always itching for a new guitar. I mean, do you have a do you have a wedding anniversary coming up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just buy myself it. Well, the the fifth the traditional gift for a fifth wedding anniversary is is something made of wood. Right. So guess guess what I got for my fifth wedding anniversary? A a, a letter opener. <laughs> and and that was after years of like dropping hints of guess you're gonna have to get me a guitar when we're (laughs) married five years (laughs) no yeah Yeah. oh uh oh Uh, i guess uh, i guess that's what you'd have to buy me my favorite thing it turned out it would it turned out it was just too much pressure of like it's like I I mean, it's like, hey, you need to pick the thing that like I have obsessed over for years and you have <laughs> absolutely zero context about. Right. Um, and Jared, I got you up. the Yeah, Jared, I got you the guitar you wanted. And it's like, uh actually I wanted the mahogany body with the rosewood fretboard, but this one is the cedar body with the cedar fretboard. Uh, you got me the C radius neck. Oh my god. <laughs> I told you. I told you I want I want the multi radius yeah whatever I don't you know. want the D yeah that's the like other part of like the guitar world it's like the person selling the guitar they can come up with infinite combinations of unique specs to tell you about but it's actually <laughs> like really like almost impossible as a buyer to like distill down like of those possibilities, like what actually matters to you. <laughs> well, that's why I'm like, oh, I've always been afraid to like buy a guitar on the internet. It's like, oh, I'm not even going to pick it up and fiddle with it. Yeah. And see if I enjoy fiddling with it. Yep. All right. Well, that was a lot of, uh, that was a lot of juicy, uh, guitar nerding out. And maybe our guitar listeners are chat. wondering why didn't we get stopped by our other bandmates? Before we... Hold on. We should do the intro. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the show. We're Bad Wallpaper. We've got a plan to create an album in one year by writing some music every week. We'll take our favorites, expand them into full songs, and then record our album at the end of a year. You can follow along on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And please, if you're enjoying the show, subscribe and give us a review. Follow us on Twitter at bad underscore wallpaper and on Instagram at bad.wallpaper.band. Jared, we just spent a good chunk of time talking about guitars and no one no one could stop us yet again we're tyrants of this domain yeah yeah where where where's yeah. our bass player where's our drummer no don't care guitar chat guitar what kind of pickups do you like <laughs> just the most asinine stuff that uh no one could tell if you showed them four different guitars <laughs> Oh, I, I could tell. I could tell. You could tell, though. That's all that really matters. Oh, <laughs> uh, yep. Oh, yep. I got to take a break. Sorry. Getting a phone oh, call. no worries. I was just going to say the boys have abandoned us yet again. We are rolling solo. Uh, but, you know, I get it. Life, life happens. 
So we got a sick baby. Oh. Needs some humid air. Didn't realize she was sick. Yeah. Prayers up for the little baby. Let's a prayer team assemble. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. All right, I think we got we got a little music news and we got a little personal news today. I, I literally just wanted to talk about a video game I've been playing. Because it's been a while since we've had a little video game talk on the podcast. And we got to really reach out to our audience, who I'm sure are playing this game. Uh, I bought Elden Ring recently. Are you familiar with Elden Ring at all? Yeah. I was on a call with my coworkers in Nigeria, and they were like, Yo, you guys gonna play Elden Ring? <laughs> I don't know why that this? just like blew me away. I was like, "You guys care about that?" <laughs> yeah, you gotta. You're hitting stuff with your sword. <clears throat> what? Well, yeah. That's universal. Apparently, Elden Ring is really big in Nigeria. That's cool. So, let me get this straight. This is the actual Game of Thrones ending, right? I guess because George I mean, R. R. Martin wrote the uh, the like script for it. Yeah, but what's funny is like you start the game and he he created like the world of this game. But these games are all based on like you're going to get whacked to death by big <laughs> scary guys like constantly. That's like the whole plot of the game. Wait, can you clarify is it whacked or whacked off to death? Whacked to death oh. with large clubs and swords and Wait, large what? Clubs and swords Dang and it. things of oh that nature. Oh for two. And that's that's enough story, I think, for George R. R. Martin. There's there's no complex plot lines he has to like rectify. He can just go like, look at this big scary guy. I made him up, and you're like that. That's big and scary, <laughs> and it's gonna murder me like sixteen times. All right. What is the what is the Game of Thrones book that he's been working on for like seventeen years now? Don't even remember. I cared about it at one point in my life. Don't have any time for that anymore. If it comes out, maybe I'll read it. But I didn't even read the rest of the other ones because I got tired of waiting. Got like halfway through the third book and I was like, you know, I don't think this is happening. I'm just going to give up. Yeah, I gave up after reading the first chapter of the first book. That's because you can't read. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, there's too many words, too many big words. I can't quite get through this chapter book. Yeah, I I mean, granted, I am a very big fan of picture books right now. <laughs> um. Yeah, most of your books are not a thousand pages long. No, the books that I've actually been spending the most time with, we bought the like the Roald Dahl collection Roald for, Dahl. for Margot. And uh, ever since she was born, we've been using that as like our nighttime stories, even though, you know, it's just like gibberish to her. But like, it's just been fun. um giving you know and like they're good books because they're actually like interesting books so like it's kind of win-win she gets big big giant language we get we get uh interesting stories that we grew up with and get to hear again but i've realized my problem is i'm terrible at like british accents so everything that should be like probably like an eccentric british accent i just invariably turn into a like southern accent and so recently why are you attempting a british accent in the first place because i literally it's like well well he said britishly we we, we read (laughs) witches and it's like a norwegian grandma sure and uh but like norwegian 
just turned into like Texan. <laughs> and then we were reading like Willy uh, Wonka, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And uh, yeah, Willy Wonka just turned into like a South Carolinian plantation owner. <laughs> I don't think like Willy Wonka has to be British. I think Gene Wilder proved that. Yeah. I mean, I tried doing like a Gene Wilder type reading also, but still. Like, and the the funny thing is like the exuberant, well, I mean, most of his characters seem kind of written for that, but <laughs> they just seem British. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, Willy Wonka with a with a like House of Cards, Kevin Spacey accent is it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty well, funny. if you come into my chocolate factory, you that's, better be watching your back. That's exactly it. Naughty little children, don't make <laughs> it through my chocolate factory. <laughs> That I mean, you're you're nailing. It. I mean, I can okay. Here, here, I'll do it. I'll, like, oh, Charlie, you're so you're such a good child. Oh, no, I mean, it's hard whenever I don't have like the text in front of me. Right, Let's you're trying to make up the the text like, as you. Go. Oh, I just love my my geese that lay these golden eggs. The funny these thing is, geese are laying the biggest golden eggs this side of the Mississippi. The funny thing is, uh. It actually aren't that there aren't geese that lay golden eggs in the book. <laughs> I'm actually, spoiler alert. Yeah, there there are squirrels that crack nuts instead. Sure. Um, they for obvious reasons they had to make that change when they made the 1970s movie. Yeah, that's a smart move. There was there there were no nut cracking squirrels to be had. Wow, that was quite the uh, that was quite the detour. But honestly, I was just trying to talk about a video game where I die a lot. I I don't think anyone really cares. <laughs> hey, well, I I I either saw it going two ways. You're gonna quit the band because you're like I'm a full time Elden Ring player now. That's all I do. <laughs> right, I'm just gonna be streaming. <clears throat> or uh, you were gonna die a lot and come back to playing guitar, sad guitar. Yeah, that's a good inspiration. I think I can really channel that. Right? I tried so hard. It got <laughs> so far. That kind of angst, I think, really. I'm out of Elden Ring. I mean, Limp Biscuit. That was no. Limp Biscuit. Uh, Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park. I, I saw the L in, like, <laughs> in my mind. Okay, let's start that again. <laughs> Lincoln Park resonates with a lot of gamers for some reason. Maybe it's because, you know, they were writing from that context. Right. And I, I can remember sitting in my friend's basement, listening to Linkin Park, mm -hmm. chugging Mountain Dews, and playing Halo 3 until 2 in the morning. So it makes sense. Just a cultural thing, I think. Chug to a certain age Dews. of gamer. Age, gamer age. G gamer yeah. age. Gamer age. You ready for some music news? Yeah, that's, the real, that's what we're really here for. Beep, 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 beep. This just in. Onto the news desk. Indie and we actually got lucky. Music website Bandcamp has been acquired by Epic Games, makers of Fortnite and Gears of War. Wait, they make. No, they don't make Gears of War. They did make Gears of War, absolutely. What? I actually didn't know that. I just assumed that was like <laughs> That's a what I knew them from Microsoft's initially. Company, since it was like always like xbox exclusives oh yeah that's true but uh they're their own thing now and they're doing Fortnite. 
and they're using that Fortnite money to buy Bandcamp. I I feel like everyone saw this news and had the same reaction, which was like, what? Why? Huh? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't make a ton of sense. Um Epic Games has been getting into like the digital store market. They sued Apple to um because Apple essentially like forbade them from Having running a digital, store, a digital right? store on iPhones. Yeah. And I mean, the like behind the scenes there, it's not that hard to understand. It's like right now Apple gets 30% of everything sold on i <laughs> iStore, iTunes, right. like on your uh, app app store, whatever it's called. Um and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. So Epic was would essentially circumvent that if they had their own store on iPhone. And they'd be making 30% of everything on that. So <laughs> all your V-Bucks going into Fortnite, they don't want to give that 30% to Apple. The way they want to take that themselves. So, I mean, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like, it, should Apple be allowed to, like, have that fenced garden or whatever? And I mean, and so from my perspective, that's where the, like, interesting things are. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like in a way maybe... Epic is wanting to take that fight with like the music industry and like that could be good. Like Bandcamp already has like the history. I mean, they a proven track record of fighting for like artist rights. Like all through the pandemic, they've been doing Fridays where a hundred percent of proceeds right. actually go to the band and Bandcamp doesn't take anything. And I mean, will that happen with Epic Games? I kind of doubt it. But will Epic Games fight to like give more profit? to the band but also themselves and not to like the music industry necessarily i I think so and will that kind of like in a utilitarian philosophical outlook is that (laughs) just better for the artist i think maybe i I think like my perspective on Bandcamp has always been like oh it's kind of nice it's like a nice idea but like from what i've read about them and streaming their streaming platforms is terrible it doesn't actually pay artists at all for like listening to previews of songs unless you buy the album like artists aren't getting paid you know it's it's not a cure-all for like the streaming economy and like what the implications are of that but it's kind of nice i I just feel like getting acquired by some big gaming company uh, hold on i I have a quote from them that just made me like (laughs) oh here it is uh, Bandcamp will play an important role in Epic's vision to build a creator marketplace ecosystem for content, technology, games, art, music, and more. <laughs> it's like, I just don't know what, none of that sounds like it's actually trying to get artists paid more or anything like that. It's just yeah. some way for them to, yeah, get into the, the music world or or monetize the Bandcamp model somehow. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't see it as some, you know, move by Epic that's going to help the music industry overall necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And another like huge component of this is the like Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, NFT mm-hmm. scene. And like Epic Games has already kind of sided on the side of like, <laughs> no, we're cool with NFTs. And, there's also a subtlety to the conversation there that I think 
a lot of people like overlook because right now people really only understand NFTs as the stupid monkey icons or whatever that somehow are selling for hundreds of thousands right. of dollars. My mortal enemies. Yeah. And it's literally just, you know, JPEG, a JPEG that literally anyone else can just copy because it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So that's like, I mean, right now that's what NFTs are. And I think it's stupid, but that isn't necessarily all the NFTs can be because um, that's because these companies that are doing it right now are essentially trying to mint NFTs of things that are just available <laughs> in the like public space. But right. uh, once you have a, like another walled garden um, where there are things that you can only access within that walled garden, um, that's where NFTs actually become like, regardless of if you see it as good or not, they become <laughs> powerful because they actually can restrict who has access to a thing. And so it's, it, it <laughs> maybe, I mean, it's like, there's always going to be like, what does it mean to like, you can only listen to this song, you know, if you own the NFT for it. Like, <laughs> right it's still just bits and those bits are not necessarily like encased in the uh, walled garden. But what Epic could do is like, it's maybe more of an analogy to like MySpace where you used to be able to pick a song for your page, you know? Sure. What Epic could do is like, if you want the song to be your like official Fortnite like background and if anyone ever like, if you ever got, if you killed somebody in Fortnite, they would hear your song. That's the kind of like, application that they could make like you know you can only do that if you own the nft for that or something and that essentially means it's a real marketplace then because it's like there's actual tan like it's not tangible <laughs> yeah, tangibles maybe a little far <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> there, there's like there is restriction in access based on nft ownership and yeah is that a stream of revenue for artists is it a stream of revenue for a publisher like <laughs> i think it's all mostly bullshit like i don't care about that like i experience <laughs> right. music just by experiencing it um but you know it could be huge for like the kinds of people making like vaporwave type edm music that dr disrespect uses on his twitch streams yeah there you go you can't now. put it on your twitch stream unless you bought it on Bandcamp. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's where I could see some sort of utility where it's like, oh, if you bought the album on Bandcamp, then you get like pre-order access to tour tickets or something, you know, some tangible real world connection to an artist based on you supporting them financially. I would be all for some sort of, you know, way to encourage people to invest in art that they care about. Uh, I guess maybe I'm just pessimistic and I'm like, <laughs> I just don't see the Fortnite guys using this for anything other than. I mean, kind of what you were saying, which was like, you know, basically just some fake marketplace for a video game and then pocketing most of that cash. That That's, I guess, my pessimistic view of what they're going to do with those. Yeah. yeah. I guess I mean, we'll find out. <laughs> I guess we will. It, will it be the next ringtone market? <laughs> oh, that is a good analogy. <laughs> All the... I, there's these like you can find these like visualizations of like music industry sales numbers uh over the years based on like format and 
obviously like vinyl and then there was like eight track a little bit and then yeah. a cassette and vinyl starts going down and then cd and it completely killed like cassette and vinyl and then like napster happened and pretty much the point of owning music at that point went away so uh all sales went like super low uh and then there was this tiny little oh what is this oh. it's ringtones Oh, and I mean, honestly, like that is like because it's not just owning the song; it's owning it for a specific application. And <laughs> yeah, to, to clearly play out of your people cared about that. Like, your mom's calling you. Yeah, <laughs> man, I definitely had an edgy ringtone. Uh, was it Linkin Park? No, I think it was Offspring. <laughs> is that better? Is that? No. I I still remember I got a flip phone in middle school and. The one thing I bought was a background for my phone, and I was really into National Treasure, so I bought a <laughs> National Treasure background, but it was just like the eye and the triangle. So no, like, oh my looking gosh. back, I think you know I was accidentally inducted into the Illuminati. I mean, so that's kind of cool, I guess. To give you the benefit of the doubt, who wasn't in a National Treasure? That's like a top three Nicolas Cage movie for me. Yeah, and Nick Cage is already like a top ten actor of all time for me. So <laughs> clearly. I, I will say you took it farther than I ever imagined by decorating your personal communication device with <laughs> national treasure iconography. It probably cost me a whole like dollar ninety nine that got charged my parents' cell phone bill. No, it cost you a girlfriend in high school. Is what it cost That's you. probably. I think I had a razor in high school though. I think I had graduated at that point. Mm, like wow. I texted so much on my razor that like the R, like the RST. T9 button, bro. You know, like nine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. or like seven. I can't even remember. But I was like texting up so much that I broke the Razor hardware. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can relate because, uh, my volume up button on my AV receiver remote has been like Ooh. shorting out recently. But I mean, I feel like that's good for my persona, you know, like, I, I turn it up so much. I'm just always turning it up. <laughs> turn, turn up. Turned up. All right. Uh, well, that's music news. Music news. Up, up, we, up, 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 up. we got it. We nailed it. We didn't have to go to Google this time. Nope. We just bullshitted. Hell yeah. And people believed us. The people love it. They're scarfing it up. I bet we get like 12 comments telling us to promote it on yada, yada, yada. Warner, Warner Brothers Records page. fake account or whatever. <laughs> Warner is spelled W-U-R-N-E-R. <laughs> it's Warner Brothers. Warner, brother. You, you better Warner. All right. So that brings us to... What have you been listening to? Stop. Oh. You, you got to stop making jingles for these things unless you're going to record them. If you're going to keep making jingles, you got to just lay one down and we'll, we'll slap it in there and post, you know? Yep. I mean, I'm giving you the, the space for it. Yeah, that's true. I can, I'll jingle. cut that in later. Don't worry. We'll edit that in. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a weird feeling because it's kind of like we're just shouting into the void. but. Pretty much. If this all goes to plan and like people actually start listening and go back and listen to this, it might be a little embarrassing because that's what I love to hear. But like you know, this is this is us. 
Yeah. This is us. The best television program of all time. What have I been listening to? That's a great question. <laughs> I think actually I've listened to all of what you want to talk about too. So I'm, I'm just excited to talk about new music this week. We're all about it. My favorite album that I've been listening to this week, probably listened to it three or four times, uh, was really enjoying it. Uh, it was the new album by a band called String Machine. And the album is honestly one of my favorite album titles I've heard in a long time. Uh, it's called Hallelujah Hell Yeah. Have you checked this band out at all, Jern? That's what I'm talking about. Uh, that's what's I, up. I listened to some of the tracks that you recommended. That's what's up. Which included, yeah, uh, if, if I'm remembering, uh, they kind of had this like loaf. They, uh, it was a kind of another like uh, Alex G type vibe that. Yeah. Like kind of lo-fi indie folk that somehow like the songwriting is just so strong that it shines through like, and all of a sudden like the weird bad pr- production becomes like actually like interesting and cool. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> it's like the production choices are feel intentional where maybe they're not the crispest choices, but they are very interesting choices. And I, I think String Machine's a really big band. So I, it's kind of got that Alex G vibe. I totally agree with like the acoustic guitars. And I actually think the guy's voice kind of has that Alex G twang to it. Uh, but also they've got a lot of really cool instrumentation because I think they're, you know, got like six or seven members. Uh, so it's a really like intricate uh, instrumental album, but it's got a lot of the really impressive pop songwriting and yeah, indie folk rock kind of vibe that I'm really a sucker for, I'll say. <laughs> Um, but this band is out of Philly. I listened to a couple of their other records, and yeah, it's a really, really cool band. And I'm really, really happy I uh, checked them out. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, these kind of big, like indie ensemble type things, where it's really eclectic. You've got lots of unique instrumentation, mm-hmm. but like all, like it makes me think of uh, "Ants from Up Here" by Yeah, um, Black Country New Road. Black Country New Road like similar in that like you've just got all these people that are really talented on their instruments and they but the unique thing to me is that they're all really good at finding their space in the song and it doesn't become like cloudy muddy it's like each person is actually like adding something constructively to the song and yeah it's all it's all woven together in ways where you notice all the individual parts but it feels cohesive and it's so hard to do that even like even as two people jamming yeah yeah you know like when we jammed like a month ago i mean maybe it's actually easier when you have individual people but like uh i don't think so i don't know like i can't imagine yeah it's that that's the hardest thing is figuring out what to play that serves the song and serves like what niche of tone frequency that you're, you're kind of like working in with whatever instrument you're playing yeah definitely um so string machine hallelujah hell yeah great name great title totally butcher that hallelujah. hallelujah hallelujah funny a word that i've probably said more than the average <laughs> like oh definitely if 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 <laughs> english speakers average times you've said hallelujah i've probably said it more what a brag what a what a what a flex stunt. 
What yeah. Up? What I up? mean, I'm your hallelujah boy. Hallelujah boy. All right. Well, <laughs> so based on their really strong pitchfork review, I checked out the band Caroline mm. uh, this this week. Really kind of settled into listening to them. It was it was a good listen. Their album that just was released, self titled, um, had a re recording of a single that they've released before, Dark Blue, that I enjoyed. Um, you know, it's like softer. Like I would actually really kind of put them in the same ballpark as String Machine and Black Country New Roads. Like interesting instrumentation. Um, they're definitely like not, uh, they're not aggressive music at all. I mean, <laughs> it, it was interesting cause it kind of reminded me of Sigur in certain ways with how pretty certain aspects of it sounded. Yes. And it also re- re- reminded me of Godspeed You Black Emperor with how discordant it could be at times with some of their longer songs. So it definitely like fits into that post rock kind of vibe space for me because uh, I, I also checked out this album and I loved it. I thought it was a really cool album to listen to and it, it starts and ends with very like poppy strong tunes but through the middle of it it's really just vibing along with uh, a lot of different post-rock kind of influences. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed the production of it too. There's a lot of like fun like interjections of instruments that come out of nowhere and then disappear just as quickly. Mm-hmm. Very fun album. I thank you so much. That actually summed it up better than I could have hoped to do myself. That's right. Um, what you keep me around for? Yeah. Uh, I also wanted a real quick shout out. Uh, Jesse recommended a band Q and not you. Uh, that really of all the things I listened to, I spent the most time with that this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to go from like a band that I'd never heard of before to like. I mean, it's not hard. They have like three albums, so <laughs> I feel like I know their discography pretty well now. But early 2000s, um, pretty much like blend of second wave emo, a little bit more maybe math rocky, um, but just like a little bit, like not a ton. Um, I It was like, hey, this easily could have been like, a favorite band of mine at some point. And it was really cool to just kind of slip into a groove with a band that, you know, yeah, I found out about a day ago and like, it was exactly um, what you needed. Yeah. And I think of all the things I listened to this week, like they're the ones I'm going to go back to more. So yeah, I don't know. Hey, that, that's great. Really enjoyed it. Uh, definitely check out, uh, some of their albums like no kill beep beep. <laughs> Is that it? It was something like that. Kill, kill, no no kill, kill, no beep beep. No kill, no beep beep. Ah, I was one word off. No ah, beep so close. beep. You, you, but you, but it was the opposite. I thought, yeah, yep. But uh, I, to- no kill, I totally no agree. Beep. It it seems like overall an overlooked band from that kind of second wave emo movement. But I agree, it was a a band that I started checking out as well after Jesse recommended them, and. Really, really enjoyed uh, the tracks I checked out, and I'll probably go listen to No Kill, No Beep Beep. I uh, had a 
So I read through their like Spotify description. Sure. And like sometimes it's like a press release from like some <laughs> kind of music journalist. Yeah, yeah. But also sometimes it's just literally a blurb that the band wrote themselves. Which rocks. Yeah. And <laughs> I got like halfway through it and I thought it was the, f- the former. And then like I read something and I was like, no way. Like they had to have wrote this themselves. And because <laughs> it was, uh, let's see here, it said, uh, through extensive touring, they began to cement a diehard fan base with their live shows, characterized by wild and upbeat good times for all. <laughs> and I was like, the- it could have been a, it could have been like a uh, one of their people, you know, like a promo kind of copy. Definitely, definitely. Um, but like, just literally like writing about like the perspective of your entire like tour. The only people who have that perspective are the people like in the band circles probably (laughs) i just thought that was funny but i mean i'm sure you know their shows were a upbeat and wild good time i would have enjoyed it (laughs) i would have (laughs) gone absolutely yeah yeah i i thought they sounded really like their sound was just crisp and modern like i was surprised when i saw like oh wait this came out in 2000 yeah 21 years old 22 years old crazy all right, but one more band we wanted to talk about. Oh, my today. gosh. We got another band? I know. I just another was like, band? hey, guess what? I'm going to talk about three bands. I mean, I guess I'm taking Jesse and Jack's spot. There you go. Which, I mean, you know, the way this went down for me was I was listening <laughs> to NPR on my, like, a drive. I had to run an errand. And luckily, my local NPR station plays Fresh Air, which is probably one of my favorite, like, NPR shows which is like if you're not familiar with it fresh air with terry gross is a long form interview show where pretty much they pick like one interview subject and just interview them for like an hour and uh the guest this week was the front man of the band from australia gangs of youth which i at first confused with the uh post-punk band gang of four Absolutely. Which, that was my mistake as well initially. They definitely are not. Different band. Um, definitely. Different band. Very different sound. But uh Gang of Youths. Um, and they were essentially talking about uh their latest album, Angel in Real Time. And uh I mean the short synopsis is the lead singer is uh Australian, but uh his father from his understanding growing up was half uh, Samoan um, and had immigrated from New Zealand into Australia and met his mother and they had their family. What he actually found out only like after his father died was that uh, his father was actually fully Samoan and actually had a whole family, um, like another set of children um, that he had before he had like left for Australia to try and make it like on his own. And he had kind of invented this like backstory to help in the, uh, you know, pretty racist times where like people that were fully Samoan were, uh, racially profiled and, and, uh, restricted and what they had access to in Australia. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's his story and kind of, the way he explained it in the interview was, you know, over the pandemic, like reflecting on that and the death of his father and 
uh, working through that, a lot of these songs came out. And um, I don't know. I mean, really like inspiring. So I heard that and I heard some of the songs and I was like, okay. I mean, really cool story. The songs like that they played snippets of in the program they didn't like immediately catch on to me as something like was really my ballpark. They were kind of like a little more like produced kind of like modern yeah. Coldplay, modern, like a little more mainstream than like national, but that's same kind of speed. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of mid tempo rock. Yeah. Highly so, polished. Totally. At least in the state of mind I was at, like while I was listening to that, I was like, okay, cool. But I don't know if I can check it out. Then my good friend, Jake, <laughs> added a song to our playlist which anything we add to a playlist it's like a, you got to check this you got to so listen to it i was like well cool i'm just gonna put this whole album on like i already knew about the background jake likes this song uh and in the context of the full album i was actually just like blown away like uh really moving pieces honestly like a lot of things we were saying about these other bands we were talking about like where it's multiple parts of instrumentation that kind of come in go out like but it's it's orchestrated in a way that it's it's it feels like a production. It's more than just like a band playing a song. It's like a whole production. And I like that aspect. I loved the way that the lead singer kind of meanders with his like vocal takes, but it's still like mm-hmm. I mean, he's just an amazing talent and it's like beautiful, like sing songy. Uh, I heard a ton of Paul Simon myself, and I think there were some explicit like Paul Simon references of like, <laughs> uh, I mean, like Angels and the Architecture line from uh, Big Al. Uh, you can call me. Uh, you can call, call me, me Al. Al. Uh, I I heard that kind of repeated almost, but like, um, in the way that uh, uh, they they used kind of phrasing like that angels in real time you know or angels and they they use that kind of phrase a lot and i i just heard kind of that paul simon gracelandy kind of like sing sing talking um trying to think what other influences i mean i act this this is kind of like a weird note but like sometimes like i could hear like they would do like a piano beat that like you, it almost sounded like it would be like a dance beat, you know, like a stereotypical, like bump, mm. bump, 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 bump. I don't, but like, but they like did that, but like as like a piano ballad. And like by not, it almost was like you're hearing a demo of a song that was intended to be written as this huge like dance thing. But like it actually is way better as this like stripped down. Um, low key yeah are you talking about brothers there uh potentially that's like the the all piano song where he sings about meeting all of his brothers yeah uh that he didn't know about until his father died uh but i i totally agree with everything you said i know i think he summed up kind of the background of this album a lot uh really really well but i i totally agree that this is a very emotional album a very heartfelt album a very earnest album and you can just see a songwriter kind of speaking from the heart in a way that's rare, I'll say, in almost almost any album you hear where you can kind of feel and pick up on the artist's story as it's going is is so incredible. And I, I agree. It was a very moving album. A little more polished probably than what I usually listen to. I 
I actually heard of them from the IndieCast podcast. I talk about them all the time on here, but they they kind of had a good point where it's like this is very like big stadium rock and roll that it, honestly probably like it hasn't reached the level of success to do that in America. You know, the Gang of Youths could totally just fill a huge venue or a big outdoor uh, area or stadium or something with really crisp, clean, big music that's emotional. And I, I really hope they make it with this album because I, I think it's a really, uh, really special just expression. Yeah. I think Pitchfork just doesn't like them because they toured with Mumford and Sons. And Foo Fighters, I think. We, and we all know how Pitchfork thinks about both Mumford and Sons and Foo Fighters. <laughs> I'm not right. going to act like they're my favorite bands of all time, but I, I've had special places in my heart for both those bands at different points in my life. So, <laughs> what do you like? I always like when I hear a song, like a band like that, though, it feels so unachievable. <laughs> like what they actually make, like, I don't know if it's just like we're selling ourselves short that, you know, we're more like garage bandy as an aesthetic, but I mean, maybe it just, I mean, it just takes like the commitment to like, I'm going to go into the studio with this plan and it's going to be expensive, yeah. but we're going to make it happen. And I don't know if that's, <laughs> I I mean, you know, it's kind of a budgeting question. Like, <laughs> I think that's I think that's ultimately what it is. It's like, yeah, how much how much money do you have to like go record this thing and produce this thing and mix this thing and yeah. Ultimately, I think that affects your aesthetic more than anything. <laughs> how much money do we have, Jake? Uh, well, I, that depends on our listeners. I have several dollars. So that's I an, good. I have an aunt that sends me a $2 bill for every major like life occasion. So you could say I'm rolling in it. You've got like $18 now. <laughs> in $2 bills. Yeah, in $2 <laughs> bills. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. It's pretty good. Well, you know, the way we're doing it is we're making three riffs in a month. And then we're only picking our top one. Isn't riffs, that right, Riffs, Jared? riffs. We, I think, it. I think you put it best last episode. It's the culling of the riffs this this <laughs> week. Yeah, I mean, what? I I, I have a philosophical question. Mm. What happens if all three songs, all three riffs, just suck? <laughs> what if they're all bangers though? Uh, Same well, dilemma. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> One is more likely to happen than the other. <laughs> That's true, but I think you're implying that yours were not three bangers, and I would say I strongly disagree. Aww. I was listening to him today. I was I was trying to make up my mind earlier today, so I listened to him again, and I am still having a hard time. And it's because they all suck, and I hate them all. <laughs> None of them are good. I still think, I mean, you were talking about this, that... We, would love to get to, to a place where we can actually host these. We'll get there. In a, in a format that more easily s syncs with our highly technical, like digital music listening experiences. Right. Because going to Google Drive and playing individual files. <laughs> not ideal. Not, does not, you know, you can't make a playlist in your Google Drive. Yeah. 
it's also like we're terrified to just share these half done uh half baked demos with the world you know the real reason is we don't want people to rip us off yeah if we if we put it out there and then someone makes something similar though can we sue right are we allowed well i mean you you got to show that you know we did this first right right and i mean we got the google drive for that we got the google drive we got the we got the podcast yeah uh, we at least got it within a week you know yeah yeah, so potentially, but... I think it's good. Gotta, we gotta see. Most of it is I just have to do it, and I'm uh, uh, too lazy. I don't want to. Well, shall we do a quick replay for our own benefit? Yeah. Uh, are we starting with me or you first? This, this let's, let's go with you, brah. I think it is my turn. I think, I think you went first last time. But who can say? I don't remember what I ate for breakfast. I didn't eat anything for breakfast, so that was a trick question. All right. One, two, three, four. There's no decent food in the airport after midnight. I guess I'll find something when I get home. Just three more stops till I transfer on subway. I hope I don't fall asleep and wake up late. How long before I get to you? How long before I get to you? I guess I really just should have called a taxi. But that's 50 bucks that I'm never getting back. Living empty with a can rolling back. And forth on the floor I guess I wouldn't trade it for the world How long before I get to you? How long before I get to you?
Ugh. I love that like dissonant like dip and then it like returns back. Oh. I don't know how you did that. Did you just bend like your cord or did you like wham you don't have a whammy bar? I don't have a whammy bar. I might have just bent the neck. Who even knows? Who even knows? All right, Jake. Guess what? what? You did the impossible. Hmm. You did the trifecta. <laughs> you did the three for three. Whoa, wow. We did it. We we did the impossible on the first episode that we mentioned it. <laughs> wow. Cool. You didn't have any ones that sucked. <laughs> I try my best to not mail in a week, but, you know, happens from time to time. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> I feel like that was a dig because... Maybe somebody mailed in a few weeks. No, week. it was not a no. dig. It was a dig at myself. Uh huh. Uh huh. No, <laughs> but uh, I. I mean, okay. Well, I. I think it's. I think it's that we're starting to get into our groove, and like we're writing That's things right. that like can all actually like work. We're in a songwriting groove for sure. Yeah, like all three of those. Absolutely, I could hear being on the same album, and. I want them to be on the same album and I want that album to be our first album. Too bad. Uh, <laughs> we, we already made a format and we're, st- right. <laughs> we're sticking yeah. to it. I mean, I already had someone really tell care, us, I already had someone in. tell me like, well, you guys like didn't pick one in the first episode. Uh, that was really disappointing. <laughs> Wait, what? We didn't pick one in the, like in the first episode, you know, we were like, are we going to pick like which one of the two of us? Oh our favorite? yeah. Cause the original format was like head to head. Right. And then we were like, no, we're both too critical of ourselves and <laughs> too. We'll always just pick the other. Yeah. We'll always pick the other one. It just wasn't a good format, but now, now we're at least having to make a hard choice. Uh, if we pick one, I think we've gone over this almost every month. You know, if we throw one away, but we decide to pick it up later, yeah. there's no there's no harm done there. But I, I still think yeah. it's fun to dissect these three tracks and be like, which one yeah. is our absolute favorite? I mean, I would say, so, I mean, in a perfect world, I would want the first song, the, like the first, the first riff as a song yeah. outline with a lead guitar part from the second one. <laughs> And then, uh, but overall instrumentation and like maybe a breakdown from the third one. Sure, sure. So we'll just make so, one, one super song. It should be easy, yeah. actually. It should be that. easy. I'm pretty sure we both know how to control C, control V. Just like make that work. Just throw all the lines that's, on top that's of all each other. It is, should be right? fine. That's, that's all it is. I can't imagine uh, it wouldn't work out. I like honestly, like the first, like. I mean, if I had to like just straight, and I mean, I think it's cheating. Like you have words and beautiful melodies yeah. and meaningful. Beautiful lyrics. is way too far for that melody. Uh, uh, well, I mean, not in my, not in my opinion, <laughs> not from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, it's kind of cheating. Yeah, but like it just like pulls your heartstrings that much more. So like if I was just going with like which one made me feel more, uh I would rank it 1 3 2. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um I loved I I there's a lot of the third track that like uh I liked. There was a little bit that I thought was like a little just too lo-fi. But I mean, that's because it's a demo and sure. up. So 
it's kind of a weird criticism that usually I don't make, but only yeah. because like all all three like had such great things. Why are you attacking me? Is what I want to know. Why do you hate me? So and why is our friendship you, worth man. dirt? <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so uh, okay, okay. Here, here's here's some additional information. Jack voted for the first one. Jesse told me the third one is his favorite of my tracks that I've done. And the one that I've had stuck in my head and can like imagine performing live the most, third one. (laughs) But I also am like not opposed to the first one. I don't know. I I like this. The funny thing is, is I think the second one I think is like the most fun I had recording. Uh, but it it's kind of uninspiring compared to the other two, in my opinion. I mean, just just how I feel right now. Yeah, but yeah, I think I would go three. Jesse, I think's vote is three, uh, and Jack's vote is one. It's a hard one. Okay, and I mean, my vote was essentially one and then three, <laughs> one and a and then and a half vote for three. <laughs> right, right. So I think that technically makes three the winner i think three's the winner for me and and you know if, if we're gonna have to do a tiebreaker you know i'm gonna go with my gut and i'm gonna go three but i agree i i i enjoyed the process of making the first one i think it was fun to just kind of rock out some acoustic chords and throw it over some personal lyrics and it was it was a lot of fun to make but uh i don't know i i thought the third one was one of my favorite things from a just emotional like mm-hmm. songwriting perspective where there's no words to it but it gives you a feeling and i i thought yeah. that was something that really drew me into the third one yeah and it i think it speaks to it that like i could actually see it being purely instrumental like i don't know if that's how it'll end up being right. but like it works so well that like and and it's funny because well, like it kind of has a melody, like the da 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 da. Right. Um. But like, at the same time, it's kind of just like chord progression. So like, it's funny that like it, but it, it feels like something that could just work as an instrumental too. Which true. I mean, uh, nothing says that we can't have hypothetically means that it's even better once it gets words. Right. <laughs> right. If it gets a decent melody over it, like maybe yeah. that's the winner. But yeah. I agree. It's it's hard to discount the fact that the first one has a melody over it. So I feel like I have a new goal is yeah. to to write something that Jesse will say is his favorite thing that I've ever written. <laughs> um, I I kind of am getting a picture of like what I need to do in order to achieve that. <laughs> You're gonna go do like a rocky training sequence, <laughs> You're like punching meat. Jared's got like a guitar and he's yeah punching a, a steak that's in his freezer. Uh, just get those open tuning <laughs> open tuning scale shapes down. <laughs> get it. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I love it. Um I'm gonna take some master class lessons from Yvette Young of the band Covet. That'll that'll get me there. The masterclass, you know, folks. Masterclass provides you with <laughs> the knowledge the, that you use need. Use the code to, bad wallpaper. 
<laughs> to get 10% off your next masterclass session. Oh my God. You can get Aaron Sorkin to tell you that you suck at screenwriting. You can get Gordon Ramsay to tell you suck at uh, making food. A lot of great stuff out there on masterclass.com. I don't even know if that's their website. Is that their website? All right. Back from the ad break. Jared's turn. It's my turn. Share screen, share sound. Blah, blah. Just going through do the motions click, at Do this you click point. optimize for video? I mean, it's I don't. Video. I don't know what that even does. All right. We got week 14, 80th Street.
So oh, I I think you had a good month as well. I I think those all three of those have very different energies. Uh, obviously, Acoustic Week was a different energy for both of us, but uh, I thought I I thought the like kind of acoustic guitar melody runs you came up with on that first track were really strong. I really liked the bass and guitar runs you had on the second track. I think that was a lot of fun. Uh, I feel like you were kind of uh, dismissive of that second track, but I honestly I think it had a very fun energy that. I don't know any of our other songs have quite had that level of like energy to them. And I thought that was really fun. And the third one, you were like, I'm going to do a Jimmy world song. And honestly, I think the like chords and and lead runs really nailed that vibe. So I, I think you had a very strong month and I'm honestly torn personally on uh, which ones are my favorite. Well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, listening back to them, retrospectively here yeah i don't know i mean first track i it's funny because like i actually started writing that like electric Mm. and had an idea of like (laughs) i actually kind of wanted it to be more like the third track where it's like that like kind of like like initial like kind of like um solo guitar part that's like chugging away at that like high chord yeah yeah and then in comes like this big thing and like i played around with it it wasn't really working and then like i played around with it more in the acoustic and then we were like well we're just gonna do acoustic this week anyway and i was like okay i'm gonna just put it down remember it so i mean it's like as raw as a riff can get sure (laughs) i mean it can go so many different ways. So yeah. I still like uh really like how those chords work together. I wanna I wanna play like regardless, I'm gonna play with that one more. Good. It's still like super fun to play with. Um yeah, the second week, I mean it it just I mean, it's weird because like it it it's probably the furthest outside of normal, like I'm playing in this key and with the scale that I've ever gone because <laughs> like I'm playing in two keys and two scales, right. but like seeing how they work together. And I want to do more of that, but like it's a weird thing and it f- can feel really gimmicky. And the like, <laughs> I just felt like I needed to try your like har- harmony guitar part that you should do <laughs> Diarrhea Planet style. And I mean, that was a little indulgent, not really necessary. And I didn't even do it very well. Still cool. <laughs> I only though. played like half of the song, <laughs> half of the, <laughs> half of the right harmony notes. Uh, still sounds fun, but yeah. Um, but listening back, like I was actually surprised how just like good that track sounded. Like I actually yeah. like mixed that well. And the tones were, uh, I'm pretty happy. With yeah. And tones. I think you called out the um, bass riff when you first showed it to me. Uh, and like, I think the bass is really fun on that track. <laughs> I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, I mean, again, it was like, I think I can actually play this. <laughs> like I can rip this off. No it. problem. Let's just do it. Why not? Um, I also recorded that over my lunch break at work. So that rocks. I should call, I should have called it lunch break. Lunch break. Yeah. And yeah. Last track. I thought I would be more like proud of it or like enjoy listening to it more. Every time I go back to it, I don't know. The mix isn't great for me Mm. and that kind of makes me not like it as much. And 
the, the a really hard thing for me is like I'm trying to write with like okay there clearly needs to be a verse part where it's not just all riff you know <laughs> like there's gonna be like vocals or something and it's it's kind of weird to like it's hard to do that without like knowing what the vocal or melody is going to be see but i and i think my take on that track is there's a lot of room for a vocal melody over there yeah well and and that i intended that like i i built that in yeah but listening to it it just makes me like not super excited because i'm like oh well this part's boring but it's like oh well ideally there would be a melody over it that like (laughs) makes it not boring but it's hard for me to like connect to that so that's just kind of how i feel about them but um it also kind of means i'm doing my job of writing things that actually have space for (laughs) vocal melody. right that's what you got to do that's that's what i'm asking of you Mm -hmm. just gotta get give me that room well jack's vote was number three uh of course it was of course of course, Jack would vote for number three. Jesse did not give like... me a vote. Oh. I, I the only know. vote I actually gave him was what he told me when I sent him it initially. Because I knew he wasn't going to be on the pod. So, I don't know if that influences you. I Again, I, I like all of them a lot. I think from a technical perspective, I think two is a lot of fun. I... Honestly, I think what you said about re-listening to it, you're like, oh, that actually sounds pretty cool. <laughs> I kind of like the energy of number two. Uh, number one is stripped down. I think you could honestly take another crack at that another week and just bring it in as a new riff, and it might capture what you were going for a little more. I liked the first riff, but I think I get what you're going for in your head, and I would, I would enjoy seeing a different vibe over that riff. Uh, and number three, I liked a lot. Uh, like I said, I think there's a lot of room there for uh, a vocal melody over it and kind of giving it that Jimmy World uh, emo punk, really fun kind of uh, pop sound. So I, I got to say two and three are my favorite at least. Uh, I don't know. Is a hard call? Hard call. Hard to do this a live. Weird, we don't know what's going to actually win. <laughs> a weird, uh, well, I don't know. I follow a lot of guitar pedal manufacturer companies. Yeah, you do. On Instagram. You're always tagging people like, oh, yeah. follow and I'll, I'll get a free pedal. Yeah, I've gotten app zero free things, so <laughs> I don't think it actually happens. Um, Rigged. Uh, old Blood Noise Endeavors out of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Um, they're fun to follow. Uh, but they posted that apparently they went to the Jimmy World concert, and uh, it was just funny because like they're just like way back in the back, you know, (laughs) just like some dudes. And it's there's probably a chance that Jimmy World uses old blood noise endeavor pedals or something, but like, yeah, but like the people who make those pedals are just some dudes. Um, I just thought that was funny. Totally. They apparently said they played a lot of futures and a lot of uh, clarity. Ooh. Um, Love to see it. Which, yeah. I mean, that's probably, I mean, for, unless they're doing like a a Bleed American, like reunion tour. True. 
those albums are more of their like live track to like you know right. live energy stuff right. so and yeah and and like we said in the previous podcast my track was definitely futures inspired right so um yeah and i mean i think yeah i think <laughs> it's funny because i think you jake do a better job of actually writing like the like lo-fi indie stuff that like i actually really enjoy listening to and makes me feel something and then i'm here like humping out this stuff that like feels like the overproduced ah. kind of drivel that like i mean i mean i still like to some degree but like i don't have as much of a like a heart connection to um yeah i just i and, and like there's nothing wrong with that necessarily i mean hopefully those things balance out as we collaborate on tracks right. together but uh um just uh just an observation sure but that's not gonna get you out of picking a track you oh, can't escape I still have to, so wait i have to pick i mean, I mean I we, think, have it sounds like, we have to pick we have to pick sounds like we're going for uh, i mean i, I, I want to hear your last thoughts and then i'll help Make a final call. <laughs> my okay of the three, my favorite is the first one, and I think I can do more with it. But I'm gonna do like I can. I'm just gonna keep working on it regardless. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I still feel like the second one. I mean, it's fun to play, like, but uh, it's hard for me to imagine it uh, as a like a full song. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would probably give the edge to the third one. Yep. I, I Here's my vote. All right. Tell me what you think. Let me propose something. You take another crack at the first one in the next month or two. You know, I mean, you can put it on the shelf for a while if you want. You can come back to it later. Who cares? I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential there on that first one. But let's go with the third one for now. I'm, I'm a big fan of the third one. Jack's a big fan of the third one. Uh, we all love Jimmy. Jesse has no opinion. Jesse, no opinion. Blank <laughs> slate. He'll play whatever. He probably can't play the second one, so that's a that's another yeah. determining factor. Yeah, and I mean, so the the part of the third one that I like the least is like what I see is like a verse part, but it's literally like two chords. It's just like uh, a down to like the G, then back to the A, and then out of the G, and like. I put this stupid like Tom heavy like drum pattern on it like doo, 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 doo. see but I kind of like that vibe <laughs> you know it's like sure from a guitar perspective you're like oh that's corny that's just two chords but I think it sounds really good yeah it, I mean it's something <laughs> it sure I liked, is I mean the reason I didn't overthink it too much and I mean I'm overthinking it now but that's like right. I liked how it resolved into the chorus. And I mean, a lot of times that's like the purpose of a verse is like, right. it's get you back to that chorus. It's it's yeah. It makes you want to hear the chorus again. It leads you into it. <laughs> there you go. And I don't know, I guess that's a songwriting technique. That's right. What, what are some, what are some classic songs we love and adore that have annoying verses, but they lead perfectly into a chorus. Pain by Pixies. <laughs> I, I I'm trying Not to even think too bad. Like, of all the Pixie songs. That is such a like. It goes like a pretty deep cut. And like the verse, it's like ah 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 ah, <laughs> and then the chorus goes pain. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
It's so good. It's a Doolittle cut. Yeah. I mean, I, this I monkey's also, gone to heaven. I think I think Pixies are a great uh, versus leads you to the chorus band. I mean, Debaser. Debaser? Like, any, any, anything where it's like uh, Frank Black doing his thing and then you get to Kim Deal. Uh, that's her name, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's Kim Deal. Yeah. Uh, with the like awesome chorus. That's, I mean, Ooh, that's man. like the stereotypical pixie song for me we're gonna have to get some pixies influence going in here <laughs> how have we not done i don't I mean, know i mean we've got built to is, spill uh, yeah we're like we're like adjacent to pixies i feel like at this point yeah well i think pixies is such an underpinning of everything we listen to that it's yeah. like a default but like the fact <laughs> that we haven't done pixies yeah. that actually is really funny uh yeah look the doolittle right. episodes coming next <laughs> month <laughs> here it comes only doolittle tracks only do little. I mean, I think we're both agreed. Do little best yeah. Pixies album. That's my favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. I also like Surfer Rosa, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Surfer Rosa just has a few extra tracks that I'm not a huge fan agreed. of. Agreed. But the uh, bass. Uh, <laughs> do little is front to back. Do little. Do do little that has do the baser on it. Yeah. yeah, front to back. Incredible uh, album. One of the greatest of all time. Bossa Nova. Solid. One Fun I tracks. actually like pretty much have like not listened to a ton. Like I really need to spend more time. Yeah. I've listened to it like probably listened through all the way, maybe twice in my whole life. You know, that's not a lot for me for Pixie's albums. Yeah. Uh gotta yeah. gotta spend some more time with the the old mm-hmm. Bossa Nova. <laughs> all right. Well <laughs> we're we're gonna there we go. We're gonna wrap that it up and perfect. go listen to Pixies. <laughs> yeah. Come, come join us next week while we nerd out. To the Pixies. Uh, that's right. Uh, but thank you for tuning in. This is bad wallpaper, bad riffs. Uh, this was a hard one, Jared. I think we uh, we had to really dissect these tracks to figure out which ones we were most passionate about. Always fun. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always a hard situation when, th- when I'm with you, Jake. That's right. <laughs> you don't know how to act. <laughs> I, I can't behave myself. That's that's, that's that's been established. Uh, and if you can't behave yourself around bad wallpaper, <laughs> you can check us out <laughs> on the podcasts and on the Twitter at bad underscore wallpaper on the Instagram bad wallpaper dot band. We're out here barely controlling ourselves. Talking about guitars and pixies when no one's here to stop us. Talking about riffs all the rest of the time. Yeah. Send us some send us some DMs. Just really just get in there. Like I wanna be hit us, hit us up with the like screw you guys. Yeah, I wanna be harassed with the DMs. Suck. That's all I've ever yeah. wanted. Someone to notice <laughs> me. I think we'll get there. I think I think a band that has a podcast can engender enough hate to get yelled at in the DMs. That's got to be in our future. 